Hey, and thanks for tuning in. This is the Fit and Strong Show, Know Your Worth with Tony and Karen Hill, a new innovative talk show that covers real issues in health and fitness with real people, changing the world through health and fitness one life at a time. Hello. Specific disease doctrine is the grand refuge of a weak, uncultured, unstable minds such as now rule in the medical profession. There are no specific diseases. There are specific disease conditions. You think this paragraph is from the present time because it exactly depicts the times we're living. But no, was said by Florence Nightingale, founder of modern nursing. When? Well, she lived between 1820 to 1910. And, well, I guess history repeats itself. Well, yeah, but when was uh, Hippocrates? Uh, Hippocrates? He, yeah, he's a father of medicine. Exactly. And he said, let food be that medicine. So when was he born? <laughs> Love that. Yeah, yeah. Every, doctor, every doctor has to actually do the Hippocratic Oath uh, prior to practice medicine. It's like when you graduate from the police academy, you do your your swearing in. And that's something that doctors use when they swear into their profession. It's quite interesting how both male and female in our, in our uh, medical field, they don't even live by that anymore. We have to fight now for the truth. Well, actually, you know, um Interesting you said that. I actually researched it. And the original Hippocratical Oath, well, great English. Anyway, um, it's actually changed. Um, they cut it in half. Uh, they don't say this, the whole thing. And there's so many things in it that needs to be said, but they don't anyway. So, but um, I would like to talk about, and actually I would like to. No, they don't say the whole thing. What did they say? Uh, half of it, um, and because in the no, 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 in the in the oath, it is the original one. It says, "I will not." Uh, I will. It, it actually says, "I will um, heal the person with lifestyle and eating." I mean, it's literally is in the oath, the and thing. I will not, of course, um, uh, hurt uh, my patient knowingly. All that stuff. So, I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm just uh, generalizing it. Yeah, you just elaborated. I'm just elaborating. Okay. But I, okay. I, I, now I'm going to find exactly the old version. And next podcast, I will like to read the whole thing. Okay, that's my mission for the next time. Um, I want to pick your brain today. I want you um, to talk about uh, men. I, a um, couple days ago, I was listening to news, uh, prime time, national news, and I was shocked that they picked a topic, uh, he picked a topic, and this has been going on for a long, long, long time, but someone saying it on the news and talking about it, I was shocked. The topic was... Men has changed. 
the man has changed and he talked about emotionally but he talked about also testosterone and the way they carry themselves and everything um, so of course I've been talking about this for a long time I always tell people during summer please look at the boys uh, in the in the pool or whatever with their bathing suit look at them they have hips and they have boobies so I say this is not just being fat this is hormonal problems which is a big problem what that means testosterone is low and estrogen is much higher um, so I want you to talk about this topic since you are a man and you are 62 years old and you do not have testosterone issues but um, just just why do you have to say that like <laughs> <laughs> no I mean because testosterone is not only about like people think that it's only sex and muscle mass and being aggressive has it's so far from there yeah uh, I think what the first thing that's happening is that the food that we have today is not the food of yesterday so what happens is, is that now the I guess I'm thinking of this word ingestion um, of the food that men eat today uh, like your potato chips, you know, uh, like Doritos. You know, yeah, Doritos. And then you don't really hardly eat fruit or you don't really uh, eat a lot of vegetables or stuff like that. Uh, and really, you don't really even do weight-bearing exercise. Now, the thing is, is that weight-bearing exercises, this is way before weight training. Uh, weight-bearing simply means your own body. This is what made the military is so popular but so difficult because it's easy to lift weights but it's much more difficult to master yourself question how many of you out there can do 10 pull-ups all the way down all the way up not halfway uh, not a burpee kind of pull-up you know you know they I think uh, CrossFit do something like a butterfly they swing uh, up or whatever that is using momentum I'm talking about all the way down, all the way up. This stimulates the entire uh, latissimus dorsi, the bicep. If you do a chin up, that's what it works the bicep. If you do a pull up, still works the bicep, but it's at a different angle. A pull up is much more difficult than a chin up. But just using that exercise, uh, let's put things in perspective. It's easier to actually have an assisted pull up or if you want a bigger chest to do uh, a bench press than it is a pull-up case in point a man could do 225 pound bench press maybe two or three times if he works at it but you tell him to do 50 push-ups I'm talking perfect mechanically sound push-ups the chest the activation in the muscle of the chest are not the same doing a weight bearing, which is your own weight, as opposed to doing a bridge press. This has to do with testosterone release. The more, if you look at a person who do calisthenics, let's take for example a gymnast. A gymnast and a bodybuilder. 
if you look at their bodies, they're a little bit different. And most men uh, who actually work, you know, their own body weight, the calisthenics way. I mean, they have muscles on top of muscles. I mean, all the way down the lower back, the middle back, uh, biceps perfectly separated, shoulders looking really great, chest pumped, striated, abs, I mean, lean. Why? Because it takes a lot of fat to do that. But at the same time, for a man, as he does weight-bearing exercises, his, his estrogen level kind of, it stagnates. It doesn't drop so much. But the testosterone increases like crazy. And this is what brings out that masculinity, of course, and inevitably, you know, kind of as he ages, he ages gracefully and he keeps, you know, all of his faculties intact, you know, because he doesn't have hormonal issues. Hormonal issues is just the beginning of a health and mental, a mental and, and physical health decline in every man on this planet. That's probably why you. Men don't think the way they think anymore, and that's probably why the average male that gets crosses over 45, if he's lucky, he's actually killing his family and killing himself. He doesn't really understand what's happening, the decline that's happening. So while a woman goes through menopause, a man goes through andropause or menopause. Same concept. The difference is, how does a man know that if he's not taught that? Society doesn't teach us that as they do a, a woman that goes through her cycle or monthly cycle or even menopause is very common but it's not common for a man to talk about andropause and this is the big big fail in relationships in life so what you're saying is um testosterone is not only about just being a man it also increases your motivation your bone density improves mood. Uh, of course, fat loss. I mean, testosterone is just great for fat loss. It raises libido, boosts confidence, uh, exercise performance, uh, fertility, keeps you calm, actually. People think that you have a whole lot of testosterone, you, you will be aggressive. Not necessarily. And, and red blood cell production, um, that's what testosterone will do. But can you also... You did say physical. When there is a physical discrepancy in men, which is the hormones. Before you get into that, though, okay. you know, we talked okay. about that. Yeah. Uh, you got to add to that, ladies. It is not midlife crisis. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I huh? repeat, it is not a <laughs> midlife crisis. We are literally going through. Okay. Andropause. Mm -hmm. That's when we get the Corvette and. Uh... No. no. <laughs> Or the bike, or Harley, or because they was tired of asking. <laughs> so when a man, it doesn't matter what age at this point, when a man doesn't feel good about themselves, don't they become? They change in society. Like, don't they become uh, self-conscious and not confident, and then they become aggressive. And they bring down the partner down because they don't feel good about themselves. And it could be hormonally, but it affects their relationship. Well, uh, that probably might happen later. But you have to understand the psychological anatomy of a man. In the beginning, a man's goal is actually to hunt. This is our nature. 
what that is is that we have different phases we categorize what we're hunting for when you talk about a relationship he has to dress to attract or to camouflage the person he has to act and even sound like what he needs to sound like to place the person vulnerable once he does that he goes in and he begins his control tactic now you got to go back to the beginning how do we get like that whether it's bad or good when a man goes into a relationship unconsciously he wants to control let me tell you how that works because it goes down to his relationship with his father and what he's seen or not seen his relationship with his mother so it has a lot to do with his root upbringing so as he grows up now he's dealing not only with his hormonal state or his fact of being a man now he's dealing with the things a man needs to grow for example when a woman grows up she needs her mother to talk to her about the things that she's going to expect which is natural you know a woman has her first period what she's going to go talk to her mother you know a woman starts having issues like this she's going to go talk to her mother you know a, a man today doesn't have that luxury because he has seen his father say be a man or men don't cry or stuff like that so what happens is mostly what you're getting today is men who don't really understand that the value of their relationship with their father transcends to their future while their father exits out of this you know world to go meet his maker on the other side of the coin the influences that the man has on the outside which drives him to drinking and other things that that maybe uh, uh, hasten his hormonal imbalance on top of not having a relationship with his father actually puts him in a, in a driver's seat so he thinks to destroy every woman he touches hence this is why women today are single or you know they're divorced five or six times or you know it's not that they want to it's just that they have to in order to survive especially those with children those with children really really feel a need to be under the thumb uh literally and i can say this a baby that's in search of his mother because he didn't see the relationship that his father had to his mother or he did see that and only by god's grace is he ever make is he able to actually endure that and change and when he changes he's first got to change his food then he's got to change his sleep pattern then he's got to change his hydration then he's got to change his supplementation which is vitamins and stuff like that then he's got to change his exercise regimen not running not cycling not triathlons not bodybuilding he has to really 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 exercise exercise naturally takes about 20 to 30 minutes of good solid hard work the rest of the things that i named are recreation that's why people injure themselves in them because the body is not ready so men are faced with this ego which you know they think that they have to do all of these things in order to find themselves and as they get older it begins to deteriorate and at some point the man either you know is alone uh or constantly fighting for his survival uh unfortunately i gotta say this though as you know as a as a thing you know karen i gotta say this 
it's not every man's intention to destroy a woman or to leave his family. I really believe that if women could take the opportunity to understand how we need to know about ourselves, but the women aren't even informed because it's not important for them. It's only important for a man to understand them. And I think it's two sides of the coin. If we can understand the hormonal imbalance that we face every day of our lives, especially after the age of 35, then I think that we can we can really be heard as men and we can really, really, really see the beauty of what love really is from God's perspective, not from a woman's perspective. Love from a woman's perspective is emotional because she's built that way. Love from God's perspective is not. It's a verb. And that's the hard part. And with the hormonal imbalance and life and the influences and everything, oh man, it, uh, we just, some see it, some don't. Probably, likely, most of us don't see it. You know what I mean? So everything, I mean, and I'm going to say something that has happened a long time ago, but um, as an example, but everything, everything starts in the house. Um, how the mother and the father is, their relationship is towards each other and how they would raise their son and daughter so that the chain doesn't continue the way it was but so um with men of course i learned a whole lot of things uh, raising kids uh, raising boys and um you know being a wife uh, or loving actually not even being a wife loving so one time, um, actually, I don't know if you remember, um, you asked me or I don't remember how it happened. I said, but I love you. And you said, so what do you do? What do you, what do you mean by I love you? And I said, well, you know, I take care of the house. I take care of the kids and I do this. I'm always here for you. Um, the, the, the washing and this and that. He goes, Karen, he goes, I can hire people for that. I mean, I can get a chef. I can cook myself. I can get a cleaner. I can get a babysitter. But this is what I have learned in my culture that um, loving for women, that's how the women raised, um, take care of the house and this and that and stay by your husband. And that is love. But love is something so different that I'm still actually learning. The other thing that Tony Thank God, stop, but I didn't listen quick enough. And I would admit that by raising my boys, I, I didn't, um, I wish I listened to him a little earlier. So in my culture where I'm from, Istanbul, Turkey, um, women take care of the kids, they take, take, take over the household, they control the household, and they do whatever, there's, you know, if they son or daughter don't want to eat that food, they'll make another food, and they'll kind of cater, and uh, women's life is the kids. So one day, Tony said, Karen, gotta stop it. I mean, you took care of them until this age, but you are not a man, so you cannot teach a boy to become a man. So I respect what you do, but you got to let me take over. Uh, I mean, do what I need to do. If they want to ask you a question like a boy stuff, instead of you answering it, send them to me. Which I do listen, but a little late. 
not from the beginning. It was very, very difficult. And so as a women, we also dumb down our men. We, let, we make them become very passive at home and not do anything. And so automatically it affects the kids, it affects everything else and the relationship. Um, in, our, in my culture, they say, if you do not raise your kids or if you don't teach foundational everything at home, the society will teach them. So that is why I believe no fathers, it affects our society. Uh, passive fathers affects our society. Um, we need to build our homes, I believe, um, especially this day and age. It's, that's why I think our society is crumbling and America is crumbling. It's not, it's not about, it's not, well, those are all truths. But it's really not about building your home unless you're talking about yourself. Like you made some uh, uh, things about your comments about your culture. We all have a culture. Right. You know, in my culture, if you talk back to your parents, you wouldn't live to see the next day. <laughs> yeah. Or you'd be going to the dentist getting a full set of dentures. <laughs> uh, you know, and that's really, you know, you guys out there, you know, if you got a black mom, she ain't going to tolerate it. And, you know, she try to she try to stand in the gap with you and your dad. But when dad gets a hold of you, you know how you get that sick feeling in your stomach? I'm going to tell your father when he get home, but he don't get home to six hours later. And you six hours, you are stressed out and you're only 10 years old. You know, that's crazy. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the whole thing, I think it starts society starts with people and, uh, you know, segue over to the truth. God has instructions on how we should govern ourselves. Sure. When we choose not to do those things, we open up the society to teach us how to do those things. And we always use our life as a measure uh, of how we're going to treat each other. Whether you are you know, together or not together or friends or whatever the case might be, think about that. You know, God is love. So what does that mean? Uh, that's an action word. Why? Because if God was what we, the way we treat everybody else, he'd be like that. What I just said, everything we did wrong, we wouldn't even live to see the next day. Because think about this. We all have to learn how to do right. We don't have to learn how to do wrong. That is so true. We do not have to learn to be disobedient. We do not have to learn to be angry. We do not have to learn to be selfish. We do not have to learn to be whatever, to steal, to cuss, you know, to dishonor, disrespect. You know, we do not disenfranchise, we to disenfranchise and separate yourself from people, to claim loneliness. We don't have to learn that. We have to learn the good stuff because this is how it is, you know. So, you know. So how do you do that? You know, going back to what we talked about when you talk hormones. Hormones is actually what we need. We don't really, we can't live without them. Right. We can't live without fat. You know, the problem is too many people have too many hormones. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. You know, I told that in there. That, that was good. <laughs> and, so what, and so what happens, you stack hormones on top of hormones, 
you are messed up. You don't know who you, know? you are anymore. Exactly. But, um, you know, uh, that is so true what you said. Um, great point because um, I, I have people, you know, I do one-on-ones. So I talk to people <laughs> and I say, you know, they say, hey, you know, when we are born, we're a clean slate. I said, no, you're not. No, you're not. Just think about it. And it's true. The, you have to teach a baby to say yes. Or you have to teach a baby to sh be share or not to hit or all or not scream and control himself or herself. It's the same thing with us. I mean, we have to control ourselves not to yell. It comes automatically. So it's not like we are that comes zero. Unfortunately, we come with a no. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> we you come know, with a no. It's like, it's like Elisha, you know, uh, our son. You know, when he was in school, I don't know how many times I went up to that school, <laughs> but he didn't like me to go up to the school because he was a he biter. <laughs> for some strange reason, if he didn't like you, he bit you. Now, I didn't teach him that. I don't know where he got that. Maybe from a cartoon, Bugs Bunny or something like that. I don't know where he got it from. But he didn't actually understand what he was doing or know the pain until I bit him. I mean, I didn't really, I, well, yeah, I did. Yeah, you but did. But I didn't leave yes, any did. mark. But I made sure <laughs> that his shirts, because I think he had two at that time. No social services, was, please. Yeah, was covering. <laughs> He's now 24 next month. Anyway. Yes. But he has shirts covering his arm. And I just, you know, in my right mind, I just gently raised his arm. I looked at it, and I gently raised his arm. And as I bit down, you know, I didn't stop the pressure until his eyes got big as two quarters. And he looked at me and he started to feel it and I lifted. And, you know, when I when he felt it, he started to cry. And I, and I set him down and I explained to him, you know, now take it. If I if I wanted to do my culture now. OK, here we go. Right. If I say, oh, it's my culture. If I went up to the school, he bit somebody. Oh, it wouldn't just be a bite. His pants be down to his ankles and his butt will be extremely red. <laughs> so you see, but see, I changed it. Hence, this is why today he talks and he shares his feelings. It may take him a while, but he's a very articulate young man. And I don't think it's because of me so much. I think it's because, I mean, to be quite honest, I, I wanted to, I wanted my son to have a better life. Not to say I had a bad life. I had a great life. I love what my mother did. And, you know, in spite of it all, I love her. I honor her and I respect her. But at the same time, I didn't have that father to be able to tell me the things that I need. And, and I went to the word of God to actually, not from a spiritual, not to try to join the church, not none of that. But I just, at that point in my life, I said, let me, hold up, let me just read it as just like a nice story. You know, I know I believed in God, but as I started to read, you know, do unto others as you would have others do unto you. Think about that. It's just so That's a simple. powerful statement. That's a powerful statement. And, you know, so forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. See, God has a standard. You can't you can't go pray if you got something against somebody. Think about this. Now, if you have all this stuff inside you from your culture, 
guess what ignites it is the gas you put in your body. We always got to go back to the food. Always. I was looking at the program of a young man who was over 600 pounds. Unbeknownst to him, he woke up one morning and said, I have no idea how I got here. <laughs> okay. I mean, but he said, he started explaining his story. Right. Right. And then he said, food became my relationship. Addiction. Think about that. Right. Okay, we call it addiction. Whatever we want to call it. Right. Because of our culture, whatever it is, think about this. It's not it's not what you do, it's how you get through it. And if you don't have the right stuff, you're going as you get older, hopefully with wisdom, you learn to get better. Which what I actually want to close with something that you did at the last podcast. I kinda liked it. Uh-oh, what yeah. did I do? We, uh, we're not done yet, right? <laughs> no, we can talk forever. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> We don't have a timer or anything. But, uh, yeah, he, uh, honestly, that is so true. I lived it. I've seen it. I see it every day with the clients or patients that I have because they have kids, they have husbands or wives, and I see their relationship. And also another thing is the pandemic. Uh, or the, the, how we dealt with pandemic, meaning we were like quarantined, we were in the house, we didn't go to work, we, or the, the, everything was closed, no socializing, gyms were closed. So you, the truth came out. The truth came out. Um, that is why now we have the, the truth for kids came out. Uh, health truth came out. Relationship truth came out. Because... If your house, the only way you will know whatever you built, your relationship, your kids, your marriage, whatever, it's only going to show its weaknesses during a storm. On sunny days, you don't know what's wrong with your building. But on the stormy days, that's what you know. Why do we, why do we think that now all of a sudden... This young teenagers dying of overdose, fentanyl, um, suicide. But there is a root cause for that. It didn't just happen. It just made everything surface. Because people don't know how to deal. Because they are emotionally, mind, physical. They are ill. So it shows, and I am so saddened to, oh, uh, but, okay, I want to say something that this is just, it came to me all of a sudden. You're so saddened, what? What happened? Oh, the, the sentence just dropped, right? I do this. Tony knows me. I do this. I'm talking something, something and then the, the sentence, mid-sentence, I'm jumped on something else. Uh, people... If I was a little kid, probably they would uh, diagnose me as a, I have an illness, but I don't. I'm just too excited. That's all. I showed it to Tony, too. So all the places, you guys, all the places, El Salvador, El Salvador government has put out like a four minute or five minute long detailed commercial on health uh, go out get vitamin d exercise weight lift drink water 
um, do this, take supplementation, take vitamin C, take zinc, all that stuff so that you are not hospitalized for COVID. All the places. And I said, oh my God, a big country, an educated country, a rich country, a amazing country such as United States cannot even do something so basic. I am floored. Yeah, it made me realize, you know, big pharma. And I, you know, for me, I don't really care. You know, uh, I got to see it firsthand because it's the, you know, it's against the law. Think about this. For seven years, I, I lived in Istanbul, Turkey. For seven years, I did not see one medical uh, medical commercial. No, not about no, it. No, it's illegal. No pills, no if you got diarrhea or, you know, <laughs> if you're having migraine headaches, take this. And that little guy comes in talking all fast. And by the time he finished, you got 12 other illnesses, but you won't have a headache. You know, I did for seven years. I did not. And when I came back to America, it broke me because I watched a show for an hour. And I think if I'm not mistaken, within that one hour, I saw approximately five to ten different medicines on TV and each one of them had a symptom that I'd much rather have the problem and get through it than to take that medicine. It was absolutely amazing to me. Those who are hearing the sound of our podcast, please, please value yourself and wake up. Stop leaning in to the things that are easy. Start caring about yourself. You know, stop trying to find the easy way. You know, medicine is not the thing that you need to do. Now, if you need to respectfully, go ahead. But you can recover if you have life. You just have to be accountable. You have to have discipline. These are the things you have to be taught. Just because you're an adult don't mean you know these. So don't get embarrassed or defensive when people tell you you need to be held accountable. Because you do. You do need to be held accountable. We have to be taught how to be good. We don't have to be taught how to be bad, how to be selfish, how to be ignorant or whatever it is. No, we don't have. But when somebody calls you on it, trust me, that's what they see. And not only that's what they see, but if they bold enough to say you're ignorant, it's usually they're ignorant, too. You see, <laughs> you know, so the whole thing is, you know, you know, uh, hun, look, yeah. right now, love, we have to. uh there's a lot of great things that we talked about, but I need to get these four most important points out about food. Go and ahead. We'll catch them on the on the fly. Uh, okay. okay. Go right. ahead. I, yeah. I have no clue what he's going to say. Yeah. Um, if you really want to be successful in, in regaining your health or changing your life or your lifestyle, which is our model, changing the world through health and wellness one life at a time, right? Yeah. The number one thing, there's four things that this comes down to, four most important things. The first thing is stop seeing exercise as an obligation. Stop looking at it the way you say you have to do, want to do it. Because exercise is simply movement. It's the degree of movement that you have to use or apply to yourself that determines your health and your change and transformation to get better. Number two. Start seeing it as a lifestyle, not just something that's temporary 
Are you getting ready for a trip or a party or, or whatever the case might be? Or, oops, I'm sick now, so I got to get better. <laughs> you know, start seeing it as a lifestyle. Oops, right? I ate a cake. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, number three, exercise should be a celebration of what your body can do. That's the awesome thing about what we do. Mm-hmm. When we do one-on-one, when, we, when I do touche, which is tough, outrageously unique, challenging, highly motivated exercise, and I'm at the EOS Club. I think I'm at approximately six of them right now. But, you know, uh, and I'm hoping, God willing, to be at all 50, I think they have 59 nationwide. But touche is a message to yourself. If I am not the guy who's just setting up there trying to give you things with no purpose or no ending. Touche is about that. So exercise should be a celebration of what your body can do. That's what makes it exciting. Yes. And so when you come and you start exercising, you got to look at that little known fact. If, if, if you say you be in our class or workshop or whatever, you know, that we have and we say, okay, give me 20 pushups and you look at and you're going, oh, my God, I've never done 20 push-ups before. Okay, let's do 20 push-ups. Then when you finish, look at that. That is absolutely amazing. That's self-rewarding because you don't know the science that goes into all that. But we do. And last but certainly not least, don't look at exercise as a punishment for what you ate. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh I my had... God. I had some cheesecake last night, and I got to exercise. And an extra cardio tomorrow. Oh, 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 I went to a party last night, and I got totally blasted, which reminds you, I tell you, I was teaching (laughs) class. Let me tell you what you guys don't know. A lot of people come to class, classes and workshops and, and all this stuff, and when you start to sweat, everything you did the day before comes out of your pores. We just don't tell you. (laughs) <laughs> so, you know, it's almost like the guy that goes on to a date that he ain't showered in two days. And so, but he didn't have time. So he says, so he got his cologne in his car. So he sprays himself. But boy, when it settles, it's a mixture of a whole lot of things. A whole lot of funk is going on. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, that's old. Was that old spice old or is spice. that an old mess? Which one is that? <laughs> you know, so <laughs> don't. Don't look at it as a punishment for what you ate. You know, you've got to be real about what you do. You've got to be real about who you are. Love yourself. God made you amazing. You are amazing and you are great. And that's it. Well, that was awesome. So that's it. Uh, I have nothing to say. See you on the next podcast. By the way, he's saying come to the class. We live in Las Vegas, just to let you know. So we don't, you don't look for us all over the place. Yeah, we, we're in Las Vegas. <laughs> but we do do Zoom. Yeah, we do Zoom. Yeah, and you can right. reach us at uh, tkfit.expert. Right. And I want to encourage everybody out there. It's like uh, Karen is amazing at food. She she identifies she identifies what's wrong with you just by documents that physicians use. They're physician approved. And she can tell everything about you. I want to encourage you to kind of Go to tkfit.expert and get a consultation from Karen so that she can actually help you. The reason I say this, because exercise in my book is only 5%. It doesn't matter how active you are. If, if you are not prepared, if you don't have the right gas, you're not going to make it. Your body is going to survive. And when the, when the situation's over, 
it's going to speed up whatever's wrong in you. So I want to encourage you to go to tkfit.expert and really, really do a consultation with Karen so that you can at least know and then take the chance on yourself. She's there to help you. Uh, before you go, I, I because you said kind of like the body will take it, like it'll, you know, Tell us what you saw today. Uh, we went running. We went on the trail. And Tony was biking. And me and Katsu, which are Akita, were running. Um, so he biked. We ran. But there was a marathon was going on. And we looked at the marathon runners. What did we see, honey? <laughs> Please say something. <laughs> Before we close, let's... let's <laughs> uh, nicely put, all kind of bodies. Uh, they shouldn't be running. They shouldn't be running. <laughs> they shouldn't I mean, have been running. The, the impact, some some of them was leaning too much on the, every time they hit their left side, they were leaning over to the left. Some no of them, muscle mass. Yeah, none, none whatsoever. Uh, it was like, there was only one guy out of the whole thing that I seen. He was, he was a natural born runner, which he was a true ectomorph. He wasn't really, he was just tall. But he was just trotting along like he does that every day, right? But that's his that's his body type. But when you're looking at round bodies and pear-shaped bodies down there, and they're running like that, the trauma yeah. is absolutely devastating to the skeletal structure. You know, so yeah, it was like an, a, a wake-up call to me. And you know, if I could get if I had a bullhorn, I say, turn around, turn around. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Stop what you're doing because I'm about to ruin The situation you're about to Okay we gotta go now right. Okay that's it uh, See you next episode Bye Thanks for listening to the Fit and Strong Show, Know Your Worth with Tony and Karen. Please like, rate, and review anywhere you listen to podcasts. And feel free to visit us at tkfit.expert. If you have questions or suggestions for a future show, Karen at theburnfitness.com or Tony at theburnfitness.com. And we'll see you next time.